Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. Welcome to the Bridge. All right, guys, my name is Jackson. If I don't know you, I would love to meet you at the conclusion of service. It's a great honor to be the high school pastor here at Calvary. And uh, guys, we literally have dozens of people here tonight. So this is really exciting. Uh, we're not doing family groups tonight. Uh, we are roasting s'mores, having hot chocolate after service, and Shaler set up the volleyball nets in the gymnasium. So uh, we went hard tonight. I think it's going to be a really fun night. We're continuing in this series in Mark, and I love this series so much. We've been slowly going through it, verse by verse, the Calvary Chapel way. So if you guys would please read along with me on the screens or pull it up in your Bible, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, we are in Mark chapter 7, and we're going to do a quick dive into uh, 23 verses tonight powerful teaching, and I pray that it blesses you. So let's read together. And the title of this teaching is called, You Got Heart, Kid. It says in verse 1, it says, One day some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of the disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand-washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, did not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient traditions. So similarly, they don't, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. See, the first thing that I walk away from, that I take from this, is that you and I, we could potentially succeed in things in life that don't actually matter, right? I think that sometimes you and I have the potential to get our priorities out of alignment. And that is exactly what is happening with the Pharisees here. You see, they love their traditions. They love their ceremonies. They love their rituals, and on their own, that's not really a bad thing. Man, there are some traditions that I love. Are there any traditions you guys as a family like practice or, or do um, on a religious level or even just, um, just on, a, on a celebration or holiday level? Any like family traditions you guys have? Can we talk for a second? Come on, someone help me, please. Christmas cookies? Like, like uh, is that true or are you just being nice to me? Okay, okay, great. Okay, anything special about them, like homemade or something? Praise the Lord. That's good. Okay, what else? Really? Aren't you like a senior in high school? <laughs> right on. You know, I actually still participate in Easter egg hunt. My parents actually like put tons of money in the eggs and all the adults go hunting. It's kind of awesome. Okay, thank you. That's good, Daniel. Good. What else? Okay, see, Jesus, he's not anti-ceremony, right? He's not anti-ritual. He's not anti-tradition. In fact, there's this beautiful tradition that me and Leon over the next few weeks are going to be leading you guys into. Over the last 400 years or so, there's in this beautiful celebration known as Advent that we celebrate the fact that Jesus came and we check our hearts, making sure that we're ready for his second coming again. Right? That's a beautiful tradition, these rituals and practices that we're going to take part in. But that is not ultimately the big problem that is going on here. You see, the Pharisees, they are coming to Jesus, and they're not really giving him a fair shake. 
right? They are evaluating him and the disciples and they are judging the disciples. They've made up their minds about him before truly giving him a shot and seeing if he really is the Messiah or not. And they don't like it because they aren't doing, he, the disciples and Jesus are not doing things the way that they used to do them, right? The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're getting caught up in things that do not matter, and I think, like, like for us, like, contextually, like, like this seems so far and so foreign, like, 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 why is this a big deal? Why is this not a big deal, right? You and I, in just the same way, can start majoring in the minors, right? Man, missing the forest for the trees. You and I, we have to daily orient our hearts back to the truth that you and I, we're exiles here. Man, if Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, this world is not our home. No, we're exiles and we're simply just passing through. But I think you and I, on the day-to-day life, we can forget that. We can become these people that want to have a nice, comfortable life here and gain certain things here and achieve certain things here. And it can't be all bad, but we could eventually succeed in things that have no eternal significance and don't really matter, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees are here. So where did they go wrong and how do they get off? Let's read on a little further. It says that Jesus replied to them when they asked the question, you guys are hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he said, you're gonna honor me with your lips, but your heart is going to be far from me. Basically what was going on is they're so in their tra- into their traditions, they're so into their rituals that they're focusing on washing hands, right, in kettles and dishes, and not actually, we see in the text, even taking care of their mom and dad. That's why Jesus is ticked, right? Xander, imagine me, like, in the middle of, back when you were at CCA, in the middle of, like, lunch being like, you hypocrite, and in front of all your homies. Joshua, imagine me at Covenant, like, like coming in there to teach chapel or whatever, and be like, you're a big, fat hypocrite, Joshua. Like, that, you might be like, like, that's pretty awkward, right? This is an awkward moment. Jesus is ticked here in this moment, and they are, in fact, offering lip service to God. He's like, look, I don't want your speech. I don't want anything from you if it's not sincere and with on authenticity. Man, he is saying, I want true worship from you. I'm not some vain king that needs his ego stroked, right? So where are the Pharisees getting off? I mean, where did this hand-washing deal come from, right? Man, there, there, there are some texts in the Old Testament that talk about the importance of, of having clean hands and heart when coming to the Father, right? But basically what's going on here is you have these Pharisees and these Sadducees writing their own commentaries on the original law, and then they're getting to this place where they're treasuring the commentary of men above the living word of God, right? See how that's getting weird, right? And I think that you're like, once again, like, guys, I don't study rabbis. Like, I don't, I don't study these commentaries like they are. So how can we relate, right? And there are some really cool people that I, I think have some interesting things to say, but it's certainly not above the word of God, right? Who, who are some cool people in society with some pretty cool and valuable things to say? Honestly, can you just talk to me? Who is it? Absolutely. That's like an amazing, amazing person, right? And, and he, he had some uh, revolutionary uh, uh, things to say and people to lead, but it is not above the word of God. That's a great example, Trey. What else? Come on. 
Does anyone know who, the, who wrote the book Leaders Eat Last? Who was that guy's name? He's super popular right now. What about Joe Rogan? You guys know who Joe Rogan is? Yeah. All right, all right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. People could treat the things that Joe Rogan are saying even above scripture, right? I mean, there's this guy named Jordan Peterson. He's like got one of the most all-time selling books of like 2017, 12 Rules for Life. People are treating this guy like he is the man, right? They're treating the things that he's saying as if it's scripture, right? Man, and, and, man, some of these things may be bad and some of them may not be bad, but we go bad when we, like the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, start uh, uh, taking commentaries, right, and treasuring it above the word of God itself, right? Man, Jesus is saying this is a huge problem, right? You're preaching your own ideas as scripture. Man, that is not okay. That's why Jesus is saying this is very evil, right? And he's like, you're talking to me about washing your hands and pitchers and kettles when you're not even taking care of your own mom and dad in verse 8. He's, he's like, this is off. You're calling me out for this when you're not doing the true ministry that you are supposed to be doing. So why are they like this? Man, man why are they, they into the traditions and the rituals? You know why? It's because it's easier to be about traditions and rituals than it is to do the true work of the Lord. It's easier to talk about the things of the Lord rather than it is to do the things that James says of taking care of orphans and widows. As it says in the Proverbs, it says that you and I, we're called to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. But sometimes that's going to be painful and sometimes that's going to be scary. And sometimes that's going to come at a cost to you and your comfort, right? And the Pharisees are like, nah, like we'd rather just uh, be chatty Cathy's and get into the traditions, right? Man, God with you and I, such a beautiful thing. Man, he wants a heart-to-heart relationship with you. He doesn't want you to be a person that simply honors him with your lips, but your heart's far from him. Man, there are so many religious and good things that I've done, good things that I've done, but my heart was far from God. Man, I was doing mission trips in Haiti over and over again. It was far from actually being a lover of Jesus Christ. Man, raising money, asking people for money and going out to spread and carry out the Great Commission when I wasn't even a Christian myself, right? Man, I honored God with my lips, but my heart was far from him, right? Man, we have to search our heart and be like, man, God, have I just been giving you lip service? Or God, do I have that real heart-to-heart relationship that you want with me? Some of the things you can read with me on the screen that David Guzik says, he says, sometimes people can attend church but your heart is far from me. Sometimes we can read our Bible, but our heart is far from me. They pray eloquently, but their heart is far from me. They contribute money, but their heart is far from me. They do ministry, but their heart is far from me. They love to sing, but their heart is far from me. They talk to others about Jesus, but their heart is far from me. I pray that when Leon comes up to lead us in the last song, if, if there was a possibility that one of you had a heart that was far from God, yet you were still singing, don't beat yourself up about it. Don't condemn yourself for it, but no, simply say, God, bring me back to you. God, let me draw near to you again, because God says in his word that if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you, right? And that was a beautiful time of worship, right? Man, I think you guys were on point in that time, but I do think it's important for you guys to look inside and ask God to search your heart. Be like, God, is, is my heart far from you? And if it is, 
Simply get right with the Father. He's a God of grace. Let's read on in verse 14. It says, Then Jesus called to the crowd to come near. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not that what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. It says in verse 20, And then he added, It's what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Man, he's saying that people, they could potentially draw these things out of us, right? We see 13 things right there in verses uh, 20 through 23, right? But man, when that evilness flows out, that's the problem. It's the things that inside of you. It's not about dietary laws. It's not about kosher restrictions, right? It's not about eating this food and not that food anymore. He's like, no, I care about your heart and the things that are inside of it, right? Man, see, Jesus, don't, don't get this wrong here, what we're talking about, right? He just said, it's not that what goes into you that defiles you, but it's what comes out of your heart. So he's not talking about content that we could consume. He's not talking about music that we could consume, right? He's not talking about multimedia that we could consume. No, he's strictly talking about food here, right? Because in Ezekiel, it says that you and I, when we became Christ followers, that our heart of stone was in fact removed and that instead we now have a heart of flesh that beats and is alive, right? And then the Proverbs goes on to explain that because of that truth, we must guard our heart because that everything we do flows from it, right? So Jesus, he's not talking about guarding our heart and the content, right? That certainly can defile us. So don't get this wrong here. I want to make sure we understand. Jesus is strictly saying, look, I don't really care about your diet that much, right? Like, like I don't care if you eat pigs and, or, or don't, right? Or that, those types of meat. That's not what's important. What matters to me is your heart. The things that come out of you, that is what defiles you, right? So if I took a poll in this room, and ask you guys, man, who's exempt from verses 20 through 23? Who's been perfect on that list? Man, a lot of you guys are just like, I can't even be good on that list even today, in fact, right? And I love the first thing that is listed on there, right? It's evil thoughts, right? I guarantee you, every single one of us today had a thought that was not of the Lord, that we did not take captive and submit to him, right? Man, our thoughts can paralyze us and trip us out. When I look at verses 20 through 23, I see that we all need Jesus because of what we've all committed and carry out one of these sins. Man, I need Jesus today. I need his grace today. And I heard Levi Lusco explaining today that God, when you stumble, when you fall, and he's not angry at you and he doesn't hate you and he's not ashamed of you because we're like children and we're going to stumble, and we're going to fall, and we're going to make mistakes, right? And he's not there to be ready to kick you out of your family if you fall into any one of these things. But no, he's there to cheer you on and encourage you and help you reorient and help you get back right again because he's a God of grace, right? I mean, I remember, I've told you guys this story before, but it's a big part of my testimony, but I remember when I got saved, right? And, and uh, all my friends were not yet saved. And I wanted them to have the same joy that I had and the same savior that I had in Jesus Christ, right? And I used to like get drunk with these guys and do drugs with these guys. And then next thing I knew it, I was doing a Bible study with these guys, right? It was so bad to the bone, 
right? It was amazing, right? I bought them all these books. I bought them all these study guides. And they'd be in there like, like, like doing drugs and getting drunk. And then we'd read the Bible together, right? It was a wild thing, right? But then what happened was I ended up doing drugs with them after one of the Bible studies, right? And I came to uh, uh, an elder here. And I was like, man, like I messed up, right? And one person was pretty hard on me about it. And they had every right to. Because it does say in God's word, if you cause someone else to stumble, that you're going to be in a very, very terrible situation. Right? That was a bad thing. That's not okay. Right? But then there's the other side of it where God's grace was even there for me in that moment. Right? And this person ministered to me and said, sometimes as new believers, as children, getting potty trained, we're going to pee our pants sometimes. Right? And in that moment, I messed up but I repented and I turned and I got right and I grew and I matured, right? I didn't give up because of that failure, but I pressed on because the Holy Spirit led me to and he surrounded by me with people that were going to help me be sharpened and be able to help uh, lead people like that again. And that story wasn't over. Some of those young men were led to the Lord and some were not, right? But ultimately, I do believe the Spirit is bigger than that. And I want you guys to know and remember, too, that if you stumble and fall, God's not there to, 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 to punish you and kick you out of his family, but to say, hey, I love you, and this is not who you are. This is you making decisions and making moves that are outside of your identity. It's not that what goes into your body that defiles you. It's what comes out of you. So if these things are coming out of you and you're a Christ follower, man, you need to remember that is not who you are any longer. And you and I, as men and women of God, the people that we love and that we care about, they're experiencing these things. Evil thoughts towards one another hurts people. Sexual immorality, it hurts people. Theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. We commit these things, yes, but when we commit them to other people or other people, maybe not even you, right? Maybe other people are going through these things. They need Jesus, right? So Jesus is saying, don't worry about these other things. I care about the hearts of people, and people are being wounded because of sin, and I need you to go out there and save them from that. Man, you are God's redemption plan of the universe. Man, this is causing pain and problem in the world, and we can't get caught up in the wrong things. We can't succeed in the things in life that don't really matter. So everyone, please bow your heads and close your eyes, and Leon, I'm going to invite you up, my bro. God, I love you, Lord. And I pray that if there's any student in here that is feeling just so ashamed or, or in guilt or, or not worthy or, or feeling far from you, God, that they would be brought near right now, Father God. God, you are a God of grace, Lord. You died for all the sins that I've committed, and you even died and covered the sins that I'm going to commit, Father God. God, I believe that I can repent if I am stuck in a lifestyle that's wrong. I can turn away from that, God, because you are better. You are the way. You are the truth, and you are the life. So I'm not going to make anyone raise their hands right now. This is just a time for you and the Lord. If you're far from God, Jesus, he was angry with people when they honor him with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. If your heart is far from God, believe in the promise when he says, seek me. And you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. With all of your heart, seek God right now, and you will be found. You'll be found in the Father's loving arms. They're to pick you up as this child. Feel that right now.
That's a promise. That's a promise. I believe it. I believe in God's word when he said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So draw near to him right now. And in the song of worship, I pray that you surrender to him. Man, lift your arms, sing it out loud and bring back to God how good he is. God, we love you and we're drawn near to you. We're not gonna be a people that simply honor you with our lips, but no, we're gonna have a heart-to-heart relationship with you, Lord. And so might we pray, amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.